0: You're listening to the Soul Align Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and today we have guest Dana Phillips joining us. Dana is a human design specialist and podcast host of the Human Design Hive. She has been dedicated to self-improvement and wellness for over 20 years, gaining expertise as a yoga teacher, meditation instructor, Reiki master, and jewelry designer, in addition to running a family business while balancing the roles of wife and mother. All of these experiences have prepared her for what she now believes to be her life's work, bringing the principles of human design to a wider audience. I am so excited to learn all about human design, and if you're a beginner like me, then you're going to love today's episode. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and we will be talking deep level self-care practices to help you have success in both your personal and professional life by reducing stress and anxiety and overwhelm, improving your mindset and creating a strong, loving connection with yourself. I'll see you on the inside. Hello and welcome Dana, I am so excited to have you on the soul aligned self care podcast and I am so excited to learn more about human design. Um, can we get started by you just telling me a little bit about yourself and what you do and like a little bit of an intro into the human design process?
1: Sure. Thanks, Tina. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. This is really exciting. I love talking to people about human design. Um, like I said, my name's Dana Phillips. I am a human design specialist. I also am a podcast host. Um, I have a podcast with my daughter, Haley. It's called Human Design Hive Podcast, where we talk about all things human design. It's kind of a teaching format. It's really informal. And, um, so really what I do is I help teach people about human design, using their human design. I do readings for people, make it specific to them, coaching all the things. So, um, you asked about what human design is, which is important because that's what I do. Yeah. (laughs) So, human design really is, it's a system, it's a framework. Um, it's a synthesis of several different, um, existing systems, some ancient wisdoms that really it brings it all together layers it all together in an entirely new way of, um, presenting the information that really then gives you, um, insight into understanding yourself and your human experience. And so these systems are, it take, it's based on your time, place, date of, um, did I say that right? Time, place, (laughs) (laughs) date of birth. Yeah. And, uh, it gives you a snapshot. So it uses, uh, it uses components of astrology, uh, the Chinese I Ching, the Hindu chakra system. Um, the Kabbalah, and also a little sprinkling, well, a lot of sprinkling of quantum physics in there. And so, like I said, it's a snapshot that shows you really what was happening in the cosmos uh, the moment you were born, and then roughly 88 astrological degrees before you were born, which is about three months. And so it kind of gives you this uh, blueprint, this energy blueprint of who you are, uh, what you came here to do, how you're meant to interact in the world, and most importantly, how you're designed to live in a more authentic and fulfilled way.
0: Very interesting. Now, you said something mm-hmm. that I just caught, and, and it interests me a lot. You said there's a, a snapshot from before you were born, too, mm-hmm. as Yeah, part of it. And what does that take into what does that take into consideration?
1: Well, what it does is the astrology component of it is, again, like I said, it is, um, it'll show you when you enter your information, you can uh, see what I'm talking about. If you go to uh, my website, which is humandesignhive.com and there's a tab up on the top that says, get your free chart and you enter in your birth information and it will spit out this, this graphic, this image for you, which is called a body graph. And you will see on the right hand side of that, body graph. It it's it's kind of confusing. You said you've seen it before and you kind of mm-hmm. start getting into it. It's a little like, what is all this? But yeah, so it shows you the planetary placements, including the earth and the sun and all this stuff, the moment you were born, like I said, and then three months before. Because basically what it's showing you is these two um I don't wanna say sides of yourself, but it's basically looking at uh, energy signatures within you that on the right-hand side, the moment you were born, things you might be more um, aware of in yourself and how you um, interact and your personality, let's say. And then the other uh, calculations on the left-hand side, the, the roughly three months before, shows you more of these unconscious parts of yourself and your energy expression. That you may not be as clear on especially the younger you are sometimes you don't know yourself that well <laughs> and um so these are more of these unconscious parts that other people can see these traits in you often more clearly than you can um but anyways so the reason for that is it's on the overarching level is basically the right hand side of the chart the moment you're born side chart is showing you like the giant expansiveness that is you and your soul. These are the components, the pieces that your soul decided to bring into this lifetime to learn about, to express, to share. And then the other side is more of the the vehicle side, they call it. It is the, the, the body, the form that you're using in this lifetime to express those energies. That Um, is like the most simple way I can try to of it. That's
0: so interesting because I missed that. Okay. So I missed that when I did my chart, like I didn't understand that. And so I'm so glad that you explained that to me. It makes so much more sense now that you're looking at two different things from the right side to the left side. So interesting.
1: Yeah. And it's, um, and there, you, and you, and people sometimes want to separate them when they're looking at them to say, oh, my unconscious side or my conscious side, but it is all layered. Together, it all works together because um, that's just how the system works. So it it shows you that you know you are uniquely designed to live your life your way. Um, and so when you're looking at your when I look at your chart, when you look at your chart, you can see um, really the areas where you have your strengths, your like superpowers, if you want to say it. What is the energy you bring into the room, and then um, also what you're here to learn about as well
0: okay that's very interesting so that kind of leads into my next question which is how how can this help you align with what is true Mm -hmm. and like right for us to do in our lives
1: okay so it's everything yeah (laughs) it's like such a big topic and I like have to distill it down so um Basically, when I said there's these layers of these different systems in this one system, because this is relatively new information, it was really brought forth in um, 1987 through a man uh, who calls himself Ra Uruhu, he's since passed, but um, he had like an eight day experience where he was kind of shown how these systems can all layer together and work together. And so when you look at your body graph and we talked about those placements, we see a lot of these numbers on the body graph and these numbers represent the, um, the element of the Chinese I Ching, which the Chinese I Ching has these 64 hexagrams, which are really in a nutshell, um, archetypal, uh, uh, archetypes, I guess I should say, I don't know what to say archetypal of the human experience, you know, like the, you know, the leader, the mother, the, the, mm-hmm. the thinker, the genius, you know, all these things, right. That's a just very loose. Um, and so it shows you what these themes are activated in your chart. Okay. Based on when you were born. And then it also, you'll see these nine shapes on the chart, which they call the centers. And then there's lines connecting all these centers, and that's the Kabbalah part of it, which is how the energy connects together. So the reason this is important because it shows you, you'll see on your chart parts that are white, centers that are white, those we call undefined, and the centers that are colored in, and those will we call defined. So What it's showing you, the defined parts, are those parts of your energy system, those themes in your energy system that are consistent within you that you always have access to. And the white uh, undefined centers are where you're receiving energy from those around you, amplifying it and reflecting it back to them, Okay? okay? And so that part of it alone, just looking at the centers part of it, um, shows you really how you may have received conditioning in your life, where the shadows in your life and your expression might be hiding because these are areas where you're highly influenced and affected by other people, but it's not you, but it feels like really intense because it's amplified within you when you're around these people. And so you might think these things are more you. Those are the shadow parts of you. Now the, um, importance in knowing and looking at definition and, um, where you're defined and undefined is because this element is what gives us our five main energy types in the system. And this is the highest level overarching thing, um, in human design that is like important. It's easy. And, um, knowing this one thing about yourself, what your human design type is, can completely change how you operate in life. And luckily you don't have to know how to read the chart. You just get a chart printout done for you, a body graph, whatever chart you to call it. And it'll tell you your type. Okay. yeah. And that is really what your aura type is, how you're meant to um, really interact and express your energy in the world. Okay. So obviously we have to talk about the types yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we we segue into that. Yeah. So this yeah. is, so there are the five main energy types, aura types, and they, like I said, it depends on what centers are defined in your chart, but it will tell you, you don't have to figure it out. So they are the generator types. Uh, there's two of them. There's generators, manifesting generators. There is projectors, reflector, um, uh, manifestors and reflectors. Okay. Okay. So the first type we we're going to talk about is the generator type. And they're, they're I'm kind of, kind of limp, limp, well, excuse me, for purposes here to uh, group the generators, the manifesting generators together, because originally they are just considered one type. And Yeah, gen- that's,
0: I see that all the time. And I was always confused by that.
1: Well, they're considered one type because of the fact that if you're looking at the chart and we were talking about definition in the chart, um, these types are called um, sacral types, meaning the sacral center in their chart, which you're a generator. I'm also a generator. This is the center of workforce, life force energy. Uh, mm-hmm. These two types, the generators manifesting generators have that center defined, which means that energy is consistent within us. The other three types do not have that center defined. And so that's, the highest overarching reason or you know classification. Okay. So the generator types are the builders, the doers. They between the two manifesting generator and generator types, they make up 70% of the population, which is why I was going to talk about them first, because most of us are generator wow. types. And as I said, they are the um the 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 true builders in the world. They are we are the ones that really have built the physical world around us. Um, We are people who masters of our craft. We usually find one thing and build, um, you know, whether it's a business or a a marriage or a family or anything, we just are always wanting to um, create and do things like that. And the generator types work in response. We have this, our aura type is very enveloping it's very attractive it brings stuff to us from our outer reality to us and then we are designed energetically to react to what comes into our outer reality with a yes or a no and this yes or a no comes from that sacral center and how it's traditionally taught is that it this is your your gut level instinct right and it is not in the mind it is actually in the body that is like a aha uh-huh or uh-uh whatever way that expresses usually in children that's how it starts mm 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 right yeah yeah yes or no questions that's how we're designed to respond to life the reason for that being is because we have this sacral center that has so much energy we need to have a proper use of that energy because when we are Responding yes to things, that means that energy is just there for us. We're excited. Generators are meant to follow what lights them up. It gives them all this energy to build, to work, to do. And when we um, override that uh, signal, if we get a, you know, kind of a, ugh, no, it's kind of a constriction feeling for me almost push mm-hmm. through it, it's not a proper use of our energy. And that can lead to burnout for generators is overriding that energy or that response, I should say.
0: Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Are you, uh, do you feel that you are, um, in touch with that, that kind of body awareness of yeah, like things that light you up and things that are like, uh, no, yes, now, now
0: I am, but I, I wasn't like for a long period of time. And I, I did get burnt out and Mm -hmm. Um, it did have a really horrible, um, effect on my health. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so when I was, uh, in like a state of fight or flight for, I say I was, I was there for about 10 years. It sounds ridiculous, but I was, I wasn't, I lost that connection with myself completely. You know, I lost, I lost like my confidence, my, you know, my worthiness, everything during that time period. And so I completely lost that, um, intuitive gift and now I've made a point to reconnect myself with that and I could feel it
1: I can't ignore it anymore it's almost so strong now that I can't even ignore it
0: mm-hmm
1: yeah and that's that's the well because the type of generator that you are you are meant to just respond purely in the moment day by day what comes into your reality yes or no do I have energy for this yes or no yes or no yes or no right and just mm-hmm. follow the next thing and the next thing and that's what's called um, each type has a strategy, which is, as I said, how we interact with the field. And the strategy for generators is to uh, wait to respond. Which, when I, I don't know about you, when I first heard that, you know, I was like, wait, what do you mean I have to wait? <laughs> wait to respond to what, you know? And it does get discouraging at first. If you just went into this blind, didn't know anything, you're like, what the, heck? what does that even mean? But mm-hmm. basically, what that means is what I was talking about that you're not, uh, generators are not designed to push and initiate and make things happen, which is what we all want to do. Cause we have all this energy, um, when I say energy, it doesn't mean like we're these hyperactive types or whatever. It's just that when we know that when we're like lit up and turned on to something, we can keep pushing and doing it. And we could exhaust ourselves in one day and wake up the next day and feel refreshed and do it all over again. However, like you said, if we're doing things that don't light us up, we can still really use that energy and push through, but over time we'll have a a wear on us because it's not lighting us up. It's not what we're intended to do. And, um, So we are designed as generators to just, um, follow, you know, that, that thing, those hits and see where it leads. We don't have to figure it out, which is the hardest thing to remember is we don't know, we don't have to figure things out. We just have to keep responding.
0: Yeah, that is hard.
1: Um, Yeah. So that's the generator type. So the manifesting generator has the same, um, uh, same, a strategy of waiting to respond see what shows up but the manifesting generator is a little bit quicker they have that sacral energy but then they also have a, a different energy configuration that helps them get into action faster and so manifesting generators are here to you know do the same thing build uh, create do things but they are also on top of that to design to show us the faster more efficient ways of doing that okay Okay. and so manifesting generators are like the ultimate multitaskers multi-passionate whatever you want to call it um where they are actually designed to always kind of have lots of different things going on because that's how it helps them burn off this a lot of energy that they have but it also um you know Gets them in projects, gets them experimenting, gets them trying things. And then they usually um, are able to then show the rest of us how to do it better. My husband's a manifesting generator, and uh, I didn't know this about him till a couple, like two years ago. And now that I see it, I'm like, oh, it's totally true. Cause he's always in a hundred different projects, doing different things, doesn't finish all of them. And that's okay. He's not really intended to. He's mm-hmm. just got to use up all that energy. And, um, So they have to wait to respond, see what shows up, see what interests them, and then they can get into action. However, before they do, a little bit more of their uh, strategy is they need to inform, which means they respond, they know they want to do something, which they can, but in order to reduce resistance for themselves, they need to think about, okay, who is this going to affect uh, I'm just going to let them know what I'm thinking, what I'm doing before I do it, because it just helps kind of clear that energy pathway for them to allow them to get into action. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. As you're speaking, I'm thinking the next time I start dating someone, I'm going to pull their chart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it helps. I mean, it's, it's not a dating tool, but it does help in, um, like No, 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 I, I would too. It would, um, it, what it can do is, you know, never, you know, say whether or not you're going to date someone based on their design, but it <laughs> does, you know, like people say like, I'm never going to date a Scorpio or whatever. Um, <laughs> not like that, but it yeah. does, I mean, relationships and relationship, uh, communication styles and everything like this can certainly really, yeah. really help with because, yeah what I find is that when people, when they see their designer, they start to really get an understanding of it, or we do a reading and I can go into this stuff with them. I mean, most people are like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, I always knew this about myself and they finally feel seen for the first time in life. Someone can give them this reflection of like, this is how you're designed. And they're like, I always knew that. I was afraid to um, step into that or, you know, and so, I think what human design shows you is when you have that deep resonance with your own chart and your own body graph, you realize, well, if I feel this way, other people probably feel the same way. And it gives you that insight into others of like, Oh, well, I don't have to take it personally. Some of these behaviors or whatever, it might just be part of their design. That's not enough pass, you know, on bad behavior, but I'm just Mm -hmm. saying, if it resonates for you, it's probably true for other people as well. And you realize, well, we're just wired differently. And so how yeah. can we communicate and how can we approach this in a way that's good for both of us? So I think it's it is good to know if you're dating someone, if they'll give you your information, their yeah. information. Yeah. Maybe not right away, but you know. Yeah. See if you really like them. Get that spark yeah. first. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you don't have the spark, don't waste your time. Exactly. Exactly. Let your sacral respond. So okay, so Um, that's the generators manifesting generators, uh, projector types. Now projectors make up about 20% of the population and, um, they are our guides, our managers. They are here, um, to show us how to be wise about energy and how it's used. And as I said, they are one of the other types that don't have that sacral center defined. So that means that, how they experience that work energy, that building energy, that is a little more inconsistent. They have it. They certainly have it, but they can't sustain um, the level intensity of work that sacral types can. And so they're not designed to work in a typical nine to five fashion. Uh, these are people that require uh, downtime rest. And, um, a lot of times projectors don't feel that way at all. These people will feel like, no, I have the most to do. I am very productive. You know, they want to do, 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 but then also when they finally learn this about themselves, they're like, oh, that's the reason I just can't. Um, you know, I see everybody else pushing so hard and doing so much and I want to do that. But then, you know, they're, their body can physically shut down on them. You know, burnout yeah. is way, way faster with non sacral types because it's not sustainable. And a lot of projectors growing up or in the work environment have struggled with feeling lazy. You know, that's a big one. Most of them I talked to were like, they always felt lazy because they seem uh, everybody else, you know, able to just keep doing it. And they, they literally, uh, camp, but they're not designed to because their energy is precious. As I said, they are here to guide and manage the other types, the, the generator types and how to correctly use their energy. So these, these people make great managers, you know, especially like project managers, if we're going to just talk about work stuff, but, um, Overall, they are here to help show us how to use our energy. And as such, their aura type is more what they call focused and penetrating because they are really dialed into um, the heart of others. Like they really know what people need to be doing and how to do it. And as such, projectors need to, uh, their strategy is called Wait for the Invitation or sometimes you see uh, re- wait for the invitation of recognition mm-hmm. is because when they try to, um, since their, their aura is more penetrating into the other, if they try to tell people what it is they know or what they think they should be doing or, you know, any of these things, it can come off as a little bossy intrusive. Yeah. Don't tell me that. And people can literally either just, not hear them, like literally not hear them, or, you know, they get sometimes pushback of, you know, a little bit of irritation right? but you know, it's, and this, this creates in the, um, um, the projector, this theme of this, not self theme of bitterness, because they, they know what needs to happen. They know what people need to do. And it's very frustrating and it makes them a little bitter when people just don't get it you know, and they won't yeah. listen to them. And, but the point being they're not meant to guide and manage everyone. There are certain people that they are meant to guide and manage. And so what's important for a projector to do is to uh, really follow their own interests, their own passions, whatever it is that really, you know, excites them what they know they're good at and what they know they can contribute And when they recognize their own value and their own worth and what it is they have to offer, you know, they can just stand there as this is metaphorically stand there as this beacon of light of like, this is what I have. This is how I can help. And then the correct people will come to them and recognize them for what it is they can help them with. And then they will ask them, they will invite them in to help them. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. I could see how
1: knowing this about
0: yourself could be so helpful.
1: So helpful, especially yeah, for the projector. My daughter is a, a projector, and um, she hasn't struggled with it too much. I mean, she's twenty six, and so she's. I mean, I've only known this about her for about two, two or three years. Two years yeah. now, three years. So it's been eye opening, but I can see how when she does, just kind of. I don't want to say stay in her lane, not like she has a place, but when she's just interested in what she's doing and she's excited about it and she knows that she's good at it and what she can, you know, the invitations literally do come. And then she can, you know, decide um, through other ways of making decisions in the chart um, if this is a correct invitation for her. OK, yeah, and then it that. is Then she knows that she will be valued and that's usually a good thing. And that's for that's for bigger decisions in life. She doesn't have to sit around and wait and decide what, you know, if somebody's going to ask her if she wants to eat today or anything. <laughs> it's just like if it involves other people collaborating. That's uh, waiting for invitation is correct there. So that's the projectors. Um, so the next type is the manifestor type. Manifestors make up about nine percent of the population. And a lot of times when people are first looking at human design, they're like, I want to be a manifestor. I wanna be a <laughs> yeah. generator, right? Because what we think manifesting is. I know um you work with this a lot too, you know, mindset, all that stuff. It's um and I'm right there with you. But this is a little different. This is literally an energy configuration and it is how their aura operates. And so manifestors, again, they don't have that sacral center defined. So they are also a type that's meant to, um, operate a little bit differently. They're not meant to do all the work they're meant to initiate and get the ball rolling for other types to respond to. Interesting. Yes. So they, they do have an energy configuration that allows them to, um, as I said, get the ball rolling, they manifestors have their own internal nonverbal creative flow. And the thing is, is they're kind of tapped into that, um, divine inspiration type of thing. I won't say type of thing. Um, they are divinely guided. Let's say that. And when I say it's internal and nonverbal, what I mean is they literally can't put words to it. And they don't always know when these uh, uh, urges to initiate and create are going to occur. And so manifestors can kind of give off this energy of, and this is not intentional. This is just how their aura works. Um, They call it repelling, which I don't like that. I think it's more of a (sighs) closed off. And I think when you think about initiative, I like to think of it as like, you know, how a ship moves through the water, you know, and it pushes all the water out of the way to, mm-hmm. as it makes its way through. That's how I kind of envision it is that the minute manifestor, because they can get things moving and they don't really need other people energetically to get things going. It kind of gives off this energy of just leave me alone, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and it can be really difficult, especially, uh, manifesting, w- uh, women who are manifestors and especially when you learn this later on in life, you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's why, um, so many things, you know, they may have been dimming this part of themselves, this initiating energy, because they got a lot of pushback from it because people don't, you know, respond well to it, obviously of that feeling. So the manifestor strategy is to inform, which you heard me say earlier mm-hmm. uh, with the manifesting generators. And what that means is because there's this nonverbal creative flow, they don't know when it's going to, to happen. They can't really express what it is <clears throat> when they get like that hit that thing like, Oh, I, I have this urge. I want to go do this or I want to do, and it doesn't have to be everything. It can be literally like, they decide after dinner, they want to go get some ice cream. They don't have any and they get up and they see, Oh, I don't have any ice cream in the house. And they just leave and go to the store and don't tell anybody what they're doing. That can create a little bit of tension with the people around them (laughs) because they're always disappearing (laughs) and they're not explaining and they can get a lot of pushback on that. Like you're so rude. You just leave, you know, it just gets all these, you know, weird interactions with people. So if they just say, Hey, I'm going to go do this thing. People will be like, okay, see you later. And it reduces some of that, that friction with the other types because also a lot of times manifestors, you know, they get in that zone of say it is something creative, something they want to work on and people might interrupt them because they don't understand that they're in the zone type of thing and they want to help them and they interrupt them. And it brings up this not self behavior of, of anger within the, um, <clears throat> manifestor. And cause it's like their energy is like lightning in a bottle, you know, it's like, yeah. it just, it, it has to, or I don't want to say lightning in a bottle, like lightning and it has to go somewhere. It's very powerful energy. And if it gets interrupted that, you know, that could strike you instead instead of where it should be focused. Cause it is very powerful energy. Um, so yeah. So they are designed to get the ball rolling and then after that, they can kind of hand off whatever it is to the other types to build. Because like I said, not that sustainable, sacral energy. They're not meant to actually see it through to the end. They're just people that initiate.
0: Very interesting type. That's an interesting one.
1: Mm -hmm. And let's, I just always like to point out here that they're only 7% of the population and our whole culture is built around this, initiating idea just do it you know push through Mm -hmm. it get started always get into action like it's not bad to get into action that's not the thing but not all of us are designed energetically to do that it's a very small percentage and so um it's it's very illuminating when you first hear a lot of this information because you can kind of give yourself a break when you're like why doesn't it work when I like try to start things? You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I think we all need to completely ignore most of the societal norms that yeah. get placed on us in this world because they all seem to be kind of not aligned with anybody really. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> True. So the last type are the reflectors, and these are very, very rare. They're only one percent of the population. And when I talked about the the definition before of the colored in centers or the the white centers, if you were to look at a reflectors chart, all the centers on the chart are going to be white, which means they're undefined. As such, yes. As such, that means that all of their energy centers are always um, kind of dipping into the environment around them and reflecting back what's happening. And that's where you get the name reflector. And so they're kind of like the canary in the coal mine in our societies. They are the ones that can really let us know how we're doing because they are always, they're very sensitive to their environment to know um, what's going on and what needs to, you know, maybe be, um, uh, corrected or worked on or healed that type of thing. Yeah. So um, reflectors I said are, are very rare and um, sometimes they could be seen as more intense people because like I said, they are a reflection of those around us, but they're incredibly wise beings because they can literally see and feel into um, the people around them. And the strategy for a reflector is they need to take a lot more time in order, like I said, to enter, um, these bigger decisions and how they interact. They're very closely tied to the moon and lunar cycles because this is another, um, kind of a deeper layer of the human design chart. But as, as the moon moves throughout its cycle, it's also going to be, uh, kind of affecting the reflector and the different energy centers. It's going to be giving them definition in their chart. And so they just kind of can feel themselves throughout the month of how they feel about something and get different, um, perspectives and input. And, um, it helps them make decisions better. So that's, um, if you're a reflector (laughs) and you hear this and you want some more information, you can reach out, uh, to me, um, and I can help yeah, you with that's... that. It's kind of it's kind of nuanced and harder to get into on you know a, a quick description of everything. But um, that's... I think
0: it's cool how you explained it though with the moon cycles, and I can understand how that would be. You know what I mean? I can
1: understand that. Do you come across a lot of reflectors? I have, um, I have not just out in the wild <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> met one yet. Um, I do know of, uh, I do know personally one, but that's through. Um, she's also a human design specialist and her name's Amber Clements, and she's also written a book about uh, being a reflector, uh, but I don't know. I've never met one personally.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is so interesting, and I think you did such an excellent job explaining all of them. I, I have such a deeper understanding just hearing you talk about it, and um, I'm excited
1: to be a generator. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm very excited.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it is. It's kind of magical being a generator because it's hard to let go of the control and just see if you can really let things just happen. But even just experimenting maybe one day at a time, half a day at a time to see what where it leads you. Absolutely. I was just going to ask that question. I was going to say, how
0: can we use this in our like day to day lives? So like, say I'm a generator. How could I like begin to like, I don't know if this is the right word, but like hone that that tool
1: or whatever you want to call it, right? Well, like I said that's where the the strategy part of it comes in, and is most important. Like you'll, everybody that talks about human design teaches human design, and no matter how detailed we get into your unique uh, structure, like into all the nitty gritty and the gates and everything else, it all boils down to knowing your type and your strategy, which is, you know, as a generator really getting in touch with that sacral response and it helps to have people, you know, around you that if they know this about you or you could just say to them, uh, look, I kind of respond better when you give me yes or no choices, you know, Open ended mm-hmm. questions for a generator could be just like a real quagmire. You're like, I, I don't really know. I, the way I explain <laughs> it is my husband used before I knew all this, you know, he'd be like, Hey, you want to go out to dinner tonight? And I'd be like, Yeah. And he'd say, like, So what do you want? Where do you want to go? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't care. And he'd say, Well, do you want to go eat Mexican? I'd be like, Mm-mm, No. <laughs> or he said, yeah. like, you want to go here? Mm-mm. And he's like, how about sushi? I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. And he's like, why didn't you just say that? <laughs> I didn't know. Oh my God.
0: That sounds like you're describing me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. These open-ended questions don't always work for us to get to what's true and what is right for us. Yes or no. Always, always works because if you're paying attention, you can, really start to feel it in your body. And so to play around with that some, to get in touch with it, you could, um, you know, have someone ask you really simple questions that, you know, the yes or no answer to. And it's as simple as, are you wearing the color blue? You know, what color, you know, what are, are your eyes Brown, you know, just, and mm-hmm. you responding, they say sometimes if you can respond with that without words, but just that, mm-hmm, mm-mm, you know, cause you start to feel it for me. The sacral yes is, it feels um, expansive. It feels exciting. Um, It's kind of a, yeah, no brainer. And then the no for me is very much, like I said, it's a constriction. I usually see it on my face more than anything. My face reacts faster. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Look in a mirror. (laughs) I'm just like, "Mm, no, don't like that. And um, anyways, so that's, that's one way that you know, for those types to work with it. And like I said, the, the strategies for the different types are these um, tools for you to use. So like for a projector, um, a projector really to uh, work with their uh, type and their strategy is to recognize, okay, when they're starting to feel maybe a little bit um, drained or if they need time to rest this is the hardest thing for a projector to get used to is to realize that the less they do the more comes their way because it is like this like i said they're like the lighthouse this beacon that shines this energetic light out into the world and if they are rested and filled up and um know what they have to offer like moths to a flame people come to them and Mm -hmm. so for a lot of projectors this is the thing that they have to work with and recognize is energy management and understand because they are the type that is here to learn um when enough is enough you know they are showing the new way of doing things which isn't through efforting but is through understanding energy and how it works and um so projectors, I often recommend that they try to pay attention to what their body's telling them when they need more rest, and then to also um, just really follow what it is that is um, interesting to them and what they know they're good at, and to just kind of do that and see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, so this is kind
0: of where the self-care comes in, because, Mm -hmm.
1: um,
0: and I I would imagine for projectors, that could be really difficult, because that's just not as we were mm-hmm. talking earlier, the societal norm for things mm-hmm. and the same with the manifestors too, because, you know, like you said earlier, they think that they're lazy mm-hmm. because um, but if, once they learn that about themselves and they know that they need that rest and that they, they might need to do more of that than maybe some other people and mm-hmm. not to be hard on themselves and to take care of themselves mm-hmm. and listen to their bodies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Knowing, knowing how your, de- your energy is designed to, to work in that, regard gives you a lot of grace, a lot of like, okay, um, this is what, you know, is going to be the best use of my energy. And how can I honor that? How can I use that? And like I said, it's a totally, I don't want to say it's a totally different way of operating, but it is a different way of looking at, um, your day in your life of like what you actually need. And, um, there is another um, component to it, you know, because you were asking me about like, how can you use this in your daily life? That's the type part f- for sure in the strategy. Um, okay. And we don't have to go into the further, um, you know, any deeper in it. But when you're looking at your chart, you'll see it'll also tell you what your authority is. And authority is also very important and learning about that because it is literally how you're designed to make. Uh, decisions, aligned decisions. So you have this interaction with the field, but then also um, there is a more nuanced part to it. And the uh, highest level is some of us are meant to make decisions in the moment. There's no Mm -hmm. question we can trust ourselves in the moment, whatever our body is telling us. Some of us are more designed to um, wait. There is no truth in the now for us. We have to kind of maybe even give it a a day, a week or whatever, you know, a little bit longer time to make these bigger decisions. Like I said, things that usually involve other people like relationships, jobs, where you live, you know, investments, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of us are designed to take a little bit longer. Some of us are designed to um, really kind of talk out what we're thinking or what we're feeling, not as um, a way to get advice from people, but just as a way to hear how we think about things or how we're feeling about things. Um, And that's called your authority. Um, For our conversation here, if the there's about half of us that are designed to make decisions in the moment in one way or another. And half of us are designed to take our time. And that's called emotional authority. You either have emotional authority or don't. Okay. You you are a generator. It'll say on your chart that you're a, (laughs) it will say pure generator. It'll say sacral generator, but that means that that sacral response in you is your ultimate decision making um, response. If you find yourself overthinking or taking too long to make decisions, sometimes it may, you know, it may put you in a a place where you're more using your mind to make a decision mm-hmm. than your body. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, that, that that does make sense. Yeah. So, so, so there are different types of authorities for mm-hmm. each.
1: Well, you can be the, there's the types and then there's the different authorities. So I'm a generator, but I'm an emotional generator is what mine would say, which means my, on the body graph, there's the emotional solar plexus center. Mm -hmm. Um, mine is defined, yours is undefined. So that means that if, um, in the emotional solar plexus, if you're looking at the body graph is going to be on the right hand side, it's the center that's a sideways triangle pointing in towards the body Mm graph. Um, Yours is, like I said, it's white, it's undefined, mine's defined. So if you are emotionally defined, it means that we um, have to take more time to make decisions because the emotional center um, really works. uh, The energy there works in waves. Mm -hmm. So it is what they call a motor in the chart. It helps move energy through the chart. The sacral is also a motor, but this energy Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not, it's a wave and it's, it's mechanical. We can't really control when we have these more emotional highs, emotional lows. Um, but what we're designed to do is to really kind of have this, get in touch with, uh, a baseline emotional frequency that we have to, to know from this neutral place, um, how we feel about things when making decisions. So, an example would be like, I'm a sacral uh being because I'm a generator, but I have this over time decision-making thing. So I can get this like hit sacral response, say it's, um, you know, uh, like I said, entering into a, a new relationship or even if I'm going to spend more, you know, just some money on, you know, buying a car or even a small thing, right. A couch or uh-huh. whatever that small, but <laughs> You know, I might get very excited about it and I'd be like, yeah, and this is what used to happen in the past. I'd be like, because you hear this whole like, if it's a full body, yes, then it's a yes and don't question it, right? Yeah. Well, that's not true for half of the population if we're emotionally defined because that could get us into a situation where – Well, I may have been in a space where I'm like, yeah, that's exciting. And I want to do that. And then I might go to sleep and wake up the next day or maybe even three days later and be like, oh my God, why did I agree to do that? Why did I buy that? (laughs) I didn't even need that. Like, you know, that buyer's remorse, you know, all this like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that because I was in a more high, exciting place. I didn't give myself the time to really come back to a more neutral place, see how I was feeling about it because we just, we have this, these waves of energy that, and there's different types of waves and that's a lot more nuanced as I said, but it's really finding that we've got to just give ourselves more time, sleep on it, see how we feel about it a little bit later. And if it's still a, yes, I still am really into that, then that's a sign you can go ahead. But if there's any kind of waffling or wavering or whatever it's probably not a good use of of their energy very
0: interesting and then then so mine is Mm -hmm. um undefined right you said yours is undefined yeah so
1: you you can trust that in the moment response for yourself yeah Mm
0: -hmm. because because
1: you have that sacral authority and then you also have other um you have a defined splenic center as well which is all about intuition instinct and it's very much in the now as well so yeah you can you can fully trust yourself. And I usually tell people that are sacral generators. Like I said, if you're, if you're really spending too much time, it means that you're overriding that initial response and you're trying to mental it more than you are <laughs> really oh, that's a good point. and trust. Very good point. It. Yeah. So that's just oh. another thing authority can show you your decision-making process, which is unique to you. So it's authority is not always tied to, to one type. It can be, you know, something that is going to be unique to you when you're looking at on your chart. There are certain main types of authority, but you know, doesn't mean that all generators have sacral uh, or emotional authority, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. I don't want to get <laughs> want to get
1: too confusing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. We want to keep this basic for all the beginners like me. And I could see like the more we talk about this, I could see how powerful this could be to use in your business and to really tune into this. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Use it in your business. You know, um, I know a lot of um, for yourself, you know, personally knowing how you're best designed to work, you know, whether you have that energy to push through, you know, how you're making decisions, um, what feels true to you. Cause ultimately, you know, it, it, what they call human design, the science of differentiation, because there's literally, um, so many different combinations of, um, you know, cause it's based on your time and place and, uh, date of birth, you know, that even, you know, people who are born, Um, same day can be so, so different, you know, depending on where they live and what time they were born. It just shows us that we are all these super unique pieces of the big puzzle. And each one of us is important and vital. And each one of us has a way of doing things our own unique way. But it but we're all also meant to all work together. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, you could actually look at this too. And the type of people that you work with and Mm -hmm. like if you're going to have a team and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, I could see how
1: powerful it could be. It's great for teams. Like I said, don't hire people based on their design, but like once you do hire them, and you get to work with them. If you know that, okay, I need to give this person, say they're a manifester. I need to give them a little more autonomy. They need time to work on their own. They need this time and space, maybe a more flexible schedule so that when they're really in the zone, you know, they can do their magic, you know, or, you know, the manifesting generator to be like, okay, well, this person's always doing lots of different things. That's good. Sometimes we're just going to have to, you know, focus them in another direction, maybe manage them a little bit, you know, to help in a work environment, you know, to be productive. If they're a projector, you know that, oh, this is somebody that could really help us looking at the overall picture, um, see what it is we need to be doing. And I want to say real quick, when we were talking about the yes or no questions
0: Mm -hmm. for
1: the, the, for the um, generator types that also goes towards the projectors and the manifestors yes or no questions don't work as well for them. And they tend to, if you ask them yes or no questions, how they're thinking or feeling about things, you're going to generally, you might get a more conditioned response from them because they, um, you know, they're used to operating in a generator world because most of us are generators. So people who, if you do know their design, um, you could ask them more open-ended questions, you know, I'm wondering what your thoughts are about this. How would you do this? What do you think about this? And then just let them talk. And I've noticed with the projectors, I know when you speak with them that way, they actually, they like talking that way. They like telling you what it is they are, um, what they know and what they're thinking. And I noticed especially Um, with my daughter or some friends of mine that are projectors that when I just ask them what they're thinking or how they feel about it, they take a few beats, they, they, and then they can answer it. You know, it's like generators, manifesting generators. We always want to be like, yes, no, yes, no. And we get right into it. Um, they may take a little more time, but it really helps them, especially, I, I mean, not especially also manifestors, reflectors, same thing, ask them more open ended questions.
0: That's very interesting and can be super powerful, either in a work setting or also, once Mm -hmm. again, in a relationship setting to know how somebody
1: communicates. Absolutely. It's key.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. This was so awesome. And I know this I know because I like dipped my toes in human design at Mm -hmm. the beginning of COVID. Mm -hmm. I know that this is just the beginning, like this is Mm -hmm. just the tip of the iceberg and it goes so much deeper. Mm -hmm. And so what do you suggest for people? How can they get started What's the best way?
1: Like I said, you can go get a copy of, uh, your body graph. You can either get it on my website it'll, it'll give you all that information that I just explained to you. It'll, it'll show you your body graph. It'll, um, tell you your type strategy authority. It'll tell you quite a few other things. Um, there's, uh, our podcast is, like I said, a, in a teaching sort of format, conversational teaching, uh, with my daughter where, you know, starting from the very beginning, we, uh, talk about all these different things that we talked about today and a little more in depth. Um, there's really, gosh, there's lots of information out there. It's really finding someone that resonates with you and how they, they speak about it, talk about it, you know, is going to be the easiest way for you to integrate this, but really this isn't, um, you know, this isn't like, um, uh, this isn't a, what do I want to say? This is meant to be experimented with because mm-hmm. it's showing you something, but the most important element here is your own lived experience because that's going to inform the chart as much as what it's showing you. Cause it's, it's literally just showing you what you're working with and, um, you find over time when you experiment say with responding or just waiting for the invitation or informing those around you before you act you know you start to find over time that um oh things do work better for me so really just getting familiar with your type and your strategy and also then your authority which i have a whole episode on authority and the different types of authority is really going to be what you don't really need to know, know much more than that in order for this to start informing your life and your decisions and how, um, you're interacting. And then if you want to know all the different layers and more, I do recommend getting a reading. Of course I give readings, but it helps to have someone look at it. Even if you've had a reading before, you can try different people do readings for you because, mm-hmm. um, different eyes can see different things. It's this, it's this whole, Um, living breathing system that I think is still being discovered and understood um, by people and being interpreted in new ways there's the bones but then I think it's still being built upon if that makes sense
0: yeah absolutely absolutely that's that's a great start for people so Mm -hmm. I'll put all the links to your website and everything in the show notes but Mm -hmm. before we go I have one last question okay it's just a fun question. Okay. So if you if you could have anything in the world without any limitations, what would it be?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. There's <laughs> this question. There's so many, so many things, but when I really think about cause you know, you want to have the high ideals of like, Oh, I, you know, something that sounds really great. But honestly, I would really love the ability without limitation to travel when and where I wanted to, because yeah. Travel for me is a reset and it's like uh, experimenting with or experiencing new things. I love going to, um, I love going to cities. I love going to the mountains. I love all of it, experiencing all of it. And I don't get to do that enough. uh, Mm -hmm. So if without limitation, I would love to be able to just travel as much as I could.
0: <laughs> Sounds perfect. You're the second person that has said that. Oh, really? And so, yeah. And yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, a uh, it's something that
1: most people do want. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I think. I think, and yeah, it's a- that freedom of movement of just, and I think that's why so many people you know, probably why they are giving, you know, this entrepreneurial journey of working for yourself or doing, you know, that's what we're all trying to do is create more freedom in our life. And for me, that freedom yes. is freedom of movement of being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I agree. I'm right there with you, but well, right. it was such a pleasure to have you Thank on. You. And so I, it was, you really explained it to all of us very clearly. So I appreciate having you.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Tina. It's been, it's been great. You're a great host. So I really appreciate it. Thanks again. Thank you.